Hello everyone and I'm glad to have you back in the first EP ever under the title Media and Time Port. Well, first of all, let me make a disclaimer. I know that I promised that I'm gonna have the EP release before Ramadan, but then I have some technical issues and coming as a perfectionist, I wasn't 100% satisfied with the outcome, so I decided to give it another shot. Um, it's truthful how much work go beyond producing just one EP. Okay, now without any further ado, we're going to start the EP channel for Chronicle Magazine title. Yeah, Media and Time Wars. I'm gonna start with an introduction before justifying why I picked this topic among many options I have out there. Out there. Uh, it's really interesting and at the same time controversial like I'm going to do on the political side but this is not my real main purpose because uh, my main purpose here is like how media and social media shape the way we perceive the current event especially what happening now in Ukraine and affect our reaction because we love it or hate it big portion of how we react to what we see or let me correct myself <laughs> definitely get what we see across media social media what we read out there okay we don't i'm not gonna spoil too much because we have such a reaction and how the western media portrayed what like the Ukraine refugees crisis what's make it different from the crisis that happened back in 2015 with the Syrian refugees okay let's jump to our introduction and we all know we're living in 2022 the and what's happening right now I think it's come to no surprises right um like years before we had Iraq. I'm not gonna give much comment because this is not today's topic. Yeah, we had Iraq. Then, out of nowhere, we had a global pandemic. Quarantine, getting used to new lifestyle. Then we start living in this post-pandemic period. And now, we have the war in Ukraine. It's true, we don't have, thank god we don't have war in Algeria right now, but actuality that's happening on a global scale does really affect us. Like, we love it or hate it, keep up with scope. True, the media and social media that bring this war to our living room, it's no new that things been problematic between Russia and Ukraine. Because uh, when I did my research and all, like, it's go back to 2014, like, this problem. But I believe majority of, of people out there didn't hear about it till it's reached this severe situation. And I don't when people start driving action and having reactions. Okay. Let's take an example. Example, yeah. I remember like on 25 February, I woke up and when I was looking to social media, 
precisely Instagram, I came up across some memes that are shared about the situation, <laughs> like it's World War soon, you know. I know, like it was uh, tackled in a sarcastic way, and <laughs> it's really. I kind of find it annoying how I do know about the news, like, through a meme. And here come the rule of media literacy. <laughs> of course, I didn't believe right away that it's happening, because it's a meme after all. But then when I do my research and all, <laughs> apparently it's true. I'm gonna ask you a quick question. Do you believe a Hajjuhua while you're scrolling in social media or even heard or seen on TV? Do you? Because uh, you need to know, like, the color and especially the situation like War Parakabanda, it's not easy to believe anything you see out there. So, my, you need to check fact from trusted resources. Don't tell me Wikipedia, okay? Wikipedia is not trusted resource because anyone can modify and all. It's a good f as a starter, like if you want to do research, but if you tell me that all your, I don't know, your research is based on Wikipedia, mm, I guess you should throw it out the window. And now, let me ask you another question. Have you ever heard the term media to see before I mention it early on? In today EP? I guess the answer will be of course no. It's okay because even me I wasn't 100% aware that such a term even exists, right? So what does media literacy convey? It's all the practices that go how we deal with the content, like react, interact with it, that come from the initial phase analyzing analyzing how does it go to like we start questioning ourselves is this true and why and whom next thing go with checking facts like from legable sources <laughs> believe me or not even if you are watching the BBC it does not mean that what the BBC is saying is 100% is true or they may just be using part of the story, not the whole story. And here it's come with manipulation for other reasons or purposes. Because they want to drive such a reaction. Because I hate to break it out to you. But what we, you see in media and social media, the main purpose is not to only inform. Because, you know, like we are 24-7 bombarded with information. But to drive reaction. Like... How do we feel about that? Like, our emotions are involved. And from that, and from that, if you see something that evokes your emotion, and you had that sensation that more people should know about that, obviously, gonna share it. And just like that, from being exposed to a content, to certain content, you play a role to deliver it to a wide circle of people and it's come upon your judgment 
If you see it as a quality content and something people for sure will benefit from, you're going to share it. And this is what we refer to as call to action. It's one of the ending purpose of any content you see across social media platforms. To make things more real, let me give you an example. And it's a question, of course. Uh, would you share this podcast later on? Your answer will be yes if you find it benefiting in any way or you may find answers for a question that been on your mind for so long. I hope that I could provide that for you because as I say, I always have a message behind every AP I'm gonna work on. So I hope I'm getting some facts straight on the table. And here we can see how things shift from being exposed to certain content than having a response whether by ignoring it because we don't believe it 100% or believe in it and driving a call to action by sharing it or commenting or any kind of stuff that are under the call to action phase and the final one or the final phase is generating content yourself and obviously it's never been easier than ever than nowadays uh something is called amateur journalism which means everyone has the right to be a journalist nowadays easy as that just by a snip of finger whether filming a video then posting online taking photograph or simply as that by generating text furthermore to give an example that fall right into our context regarding the Korean events in Ukraine and what we really call by citizen journalism because the war in Ukraine was communicated in a different way that we didn't haven't seen before comparing to the crisis of refugees that happened in 2015 and how European politicians find difficulty to make their citizen accept the Syrian one. The difficulty that was not proceed regarding the Ukraine issue. I'm not taking sides here, but I'm just stating fact. You know that more than 3 million refugees have fled from their country, which is much, much bigger number than refugees of Syria and yet they didn't have no problem and as I say the root of that go to the way the war in Hurricane is visualized we can see pictures of small group of refugees people you can really identify and seeing them going through that hardship of course like we're a human so you're gonna drive that empathy and you want to help them out, you want to speak for them. And rather than the one that happened with Syrian refugees, uh, they were portrayed in big numbers, people you hardly can identify because they are in groups. And the part 
that they are not European, like they are not like them. An element that changed all the narration from the Western media. Okay, that's not all. Like even the citizen themselves played big part of how we see the event happening in Ukraine. What we call citizen journalism. Citizen did really cover what's happening even before media broadcasting station arrived there. You see, and often they share their personal stories behind it, like how Solidor is saying goodbye to his little son and wife while they are fleeing to a new country to save themselves and he need to stay because he need to fight in the war. And from here you can see how Ukrainian citizens use social media on a daily basis to convey not only information but their suffering and defense by telling this behind the scenes stories, share their personal stories. Well, from here we can see how Ukraine is winning the social media war despite Russia big investment in disformation. Like Ukrainian people know from the start how to turn the tables and made us feel more engaged in the crisis and feel more empathy toward them and they have been very good at capitalizing this sympathy by sharing their battlefield success and highlighting the crimes committed by the Russian. And I just paid attention that I'm not using I'm really sorry, but um, this topic about media and all like all my researchers were, were in English, obviously, and it's a matter more of a global uh, situation, um, doesn't concern or rely, it does concern, doesn't really have that relation where I can use Derijatana, because <laughs> You know, it's kinda, I feel I'm going to be restricted in some way if I did use it. Uh, especially talking in such a controversial political topic. Another matter of fact that I wanted to talk about is how big tech companies are in the face of other governments. <laughs> like we see, first of all, they prevent media state from their platforms with Russia respond to that was by removing Facebook and Instagram and here we can see how tech companies are really taking responsibilities of what's been aired on their platform and the difference that it can make because and the final Todd of Media and Time Awards episode is something if the eyes can witness is how social media became a political powerful tool more than ever during the Ukraine war. And I think this was all for me today. Although the topic is vast and there's a lot of things to 
tackle, but I wanted to keep it sweet and short and the rest of the work is up to you. Is <laughs> because if you need to know something about media literacy, the core of media literacy is asking question and then doing the part when you look for the truth. And of course, I wanted to thank you for making it here so far. It does mean a lot for me. And you know how you can repair me for my efforts and endless night I spent on researching this fact for you. I'm gonna, before leaving, actually I'm gonna leave you with one last question regarding how Russia removed Facebook and Instagram. Yeah, like the innovation of media and social media right now. Do you think that the internet will become less global in the upcoming days? Well, it's for you to answer and I'm going to see you soon in another topic and an interesting one, of course. You've been listening to Art Mindset Podcast.